Amen. Well, good morning again, church. Man, the first service was good, man, but this second service, we rocking today, man. I feel it, right? Amen, right? This is, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Listen, if you're new here, uh, my name is Will Frankel. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. And uh, if you're new here, one of the things we want you to know, one of the, the sayings that we say here all the time is that anyone who, who comes and visits and is considering becoming a part of our church family, we want you to know that you are welcomed, that you are wanted, and you are needed, right? A lot of churches will tell you that you're welcome, but what we want you to know is not only are you welcomed, but you are wanted and you are needed. And, and, and throughout this message, you're going to see how wanted and needed you are, okay? God is up to something here. We are not done, and God wants to do something in you and through you, and he wants you to join us in that journey as we seek to reach the people here of Bartlett, Hanover Park, and Stream of the Tri-Village region, all right? Now, um, this morning, if you're new here, uh, what I want you to know is that we're actually going to do things just slightly different. And you probably don't know that because you've never been here before. But usually what we do here at Tri-Village is we, we pick a passage. We, we like to, to zoom in, right? We, we, we pick a passage. And for me, I, sometimes the smaller the passage, the better because I like just going very, very deep, right? And what we do is we zoom in on a passage. We take God's word. We read it publicly. We have people stand up during the reading of God's word. We say amen. And then essentially for the next two and a half hours, I explain the passage and... <laughs> and unpack it for you. And you might be laughing, but we, I, I don't play, okay? So um, it's essentially what we do on a week-to-week basis here at Tri-Village Church. But this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. Because it's the first Sunday of 2019, what I want to do is instead of zooming in and looking at a particular passage, what I want to do is I want to zoom out, and I want to tell you, and I want to address this morning, the mission of our church. And here's what I mean by the mission of our church. Essentially, the question that we are seeking to answer this morning is, why does Tri-Village Church exist? Why did God, two and a half years ago in 2016, September of 2016, why did God put Tri-Village Church here in Streamville, Illinois at 1 Bodie Road at 60107? Why are we here? That's the question that I want to ask and answer this morning. Now, the reason why I want to ask and answer this, mor- this question this morning is actually we, we do this every six months to a year. And I think the reason why this is so important is uh, Pastor Lon, who pre- who's, who's preached here before and he's one of my mentors, one of the things he told me early on in his mentoring of me, he said, there's three things that a pastor needs to do. He needs to teach well, he needs to love well, and he needs to lead well. Teach well, love well, and lead well. And what I, most of the time, what I do on Sunday mornings is I try to teach. I try to do the teach part of it, right? But this morning, I'm not really wearing my teacher hat. I'm wearing more of my leader hat. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I think it's important for any organization, but specifically the church, to, to every so often, whether it's quarterly or, or every six months or, you know, or yearly, to zoom out and recalibrate, remind ourselves again, why do we exist? Why are we doing what we are doing? And so that's what we're going to be doing this morning. Now, if you're sitting here and, you're, and you're, this is your first time here, you might be thinking, man, I don't know if this Sunday's for me, that I come on a wrong Sunday. Actually, no, you came on a great Sunday, and here's why, okay? Because what we're going to do this morning, what we're going to be addressing this morning is for everyone, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey. So there's essentially three types of people here this morning, right? The first type of people are the people who are still exploring Christianity, you're still exploring what it means to follow Jesus. And you're still trying to figure out, is this whole Jesus thing for me, yes or no? Should I jump in or should I not jump in, right? You're still in consideration mode, maybe because it's your first time here or maybe it's your first time back to church in a, in a really long time. 
And if that's who you are, we are so glad you are here. And the reason why this message is perfect for you, because as we address the mission of our church, as we address the reason why we exist, you're going to literally be able to see what we're all about. So, so before you jump in, you get to see all the fine print and say, okay, am I actually willing to take the steps that this church is going to call me to take? Okay, so those are the first people, and this message is for you. If you're new here and you're considering Christianity, this message is for you. Now, for some of you, maybe in 2018 or 2017, you actually did decide to follow Jesus. You've placed your faith in him, and you want to walk with him now, and you're trying to figure out what all this is about. This message is also for you. I told the previous service that, you know, one of my prayers, I wish someone, when I came to know Jesus 15 years ago, when I placed my faith in Jesus, I wish someone would have done what I'm about to do today. Because for several years after I met Jesus, I had no idea what my next step was. I had no idea what to do. Do I read? Do I pray? Do I join a group? Do I? I didn't know. There, wasn't no, there was no clarity on that. And so I never knew what my next step was in my walk with Jesus. And so if, you're new, if, you, if you aren't new here, you, you, but you've, you're new to Jesus, you place your faith in Jesus, and now you want to figure out what it takes to grow in Jesus, this message is also for you. And then the third group are the people who do know Jesus and the people who've been walking with Jesus for years or for decades. And you're thinking, oh, here we go. This is just going to be one of those repeat messages. But what I want you to know is that I, even as I was preparing this week, I was convicted again of how quickly I forget what Christianity is actually about. How quickly I forget what discipleship is actually about. And so even if you think you don't need it, you need it. Actually, I would tell you, if you think you don't need it, that's actually the number one sign that you do need it. Okay. And so regardless of where you are in your journey, I want you to know that this Sunday is for you. So that's who it's for. The the next question I want to address this morning before we jump in, though, is not only who is it for, but why is a message like this important? Why is it important for a a church body every six months to a year to hit pause, to zoom out, and to, to remember what the mission is? I think there's two reasons why this is important. The first reason why doing something like this is crucial on a regular basis is because of clarity. And here's what I mean by clarity. What I want as, a past, as the pastor of Tri-Village Church is I want all of you to be able to go out into the community, to your workplaces, to your neighborhoods, wherever it is God sends you next, right? And, and I want someone to be able to look at you and ask you, hey, why does your church exist? And you should be able to say with clarity and conviction why your church exists, okay? And I want everyone, some of you might be saying it with clarity and conviction, but it's not why we actually exist. You might be making some stuff up, right? So if we have 400 members and 400 people give 400 different answers, that's not good. It's actually bad leadership on my part, okay? And so part of the reason why we have to do this every so often is because we need clarity on why Tri-Village Church exists, on why you are being sent out as a church. And, and just FYI, I didn't tell this to the, other, to the other group, but I need you to know that a church, if you think that you're at church because you're sitting in a building, you're not, this is not church. This is just a building, The church are the people of God. Amen? Amen? So what that means is that if you work at Walgreens, the church is at Walgreens. Okay? If you work at Walmart, the church is at Walmart. If you live in Elgin, the church is in Elgin. This is just a building, people. This is not the church. We are the church. Okay? And so, so, so what we need to understand is that we need to have clarity. I want each and every one of you to walk out today and with, with, with clarity be able to say, I know why Tri-Village Church exists. Not just Tri-Village Church in particular, but God's church in general. I know why Jesus left the church here in his place. So the first reason why we, this, something like this is important is because of clarity. But the second reason uh, is because of accountability. 
A message like this is not just important because of clarity, but it's also important because of accountability. And here's what I mean by accountability. One day when the Lord calls me home, and I'm not sure when that'll be, but one day the Lord's going to call me home and he's going to ask me, what did I do with the people that he entrusted me with? He's going to ask me about my leading and my loving and my teaching. And so he's going to ask me, according to James, about what I taught. Did, did I teach right, right? Did I teach things that were in line with his word? He's going to teach, ask me, did I pastor right? Did I love and, and lead the people that he gave me to love and lead? But you know, the other thing he's going to ask me is, what type of people did your ministry produce? What type of people? So, so Tri-Village has been here for two and a half years. When Tri-Village has been here five years, 10 years, 20 years, what type of people is Tri-Village producing? What type of infrastructure have we set up? And as a result of that infrastructure, what type of people through the power of the Holy Spirit are being produced? Because if all we are producing is consumers, if all we are producing is a crowd, then we're doing something wrong. And I'm going to have to stand before God and I have to give account for the type of people that are being produced in my ministry. And the thing that keeps me up at night me, is me thinking one day that I'm going to talk to God and all I did was produce a crowd of people who, who applaud when I preach. There's enough crowds. Okay? So accountability. So, so, so we're doing this. It's important for two reasons. It's important because there's clarity for you, but it's also important because there's accountability for me. I need to constantly be holding myself accountable, reminding myself why we exist as a church. And actually, it's funny because my leaders, the ones who meet with me on a monthly basis, they can actually probably preach this message for me. Because ever since August, we sat down in August, and I apologized to them for not being as clear as I should have been in this area. And ever since then, we've been meeting. I bring up, I'm like, why do we exist? And they go, blank. I'm not going to tell you yet, so you got to wait. But, 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 but they, they just know. They just know. Because if we don't remember why we exist, then we're going to start doing a bunch of stuff for Jesus and then end up finding out it wasn't even what he wanted us to do. Okay. So that's what we're going to be addressing. Why do we exist? And so here is, now let's get, jump into it. We're going to start getting into the, the nuts, nuts and bolts of all this this morning. The reason why Tri-Village Church in particular and God's church in general, right? So what I, I want to make sure that's clear because this isn't just some, you know, purpose that we just made up, okay? The reason why Tri-Village Church exists is to make disciples, we exist to make disciples. God has placed us in this community to make disciples, okay? Now, I need you to pay attention, and I need you to write this down in pen, in, a, 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 in, in, in calligraphy, in a permanent marker, tattoo it on your arm. I don't know what you got to do, but you need to remember that the reason why we are here corporately and the reason why you are sent out individually is to Make disciples, okay? And I need you to pay attention because I'm going to ask you this question throughout 2019. And I'm going to just spring it on you. You're going to be saying goodbye to me as you walk out and be like, hey, why do we exist? And you better not go, mm, ah, okay? <laughs> we exist to make disciples. That is why we are here. Now, some of you might be saying, yeah, but hold on, hold on, hold on. What about, don't we exist to glorify God? Yeah, Amen. Well, don't we exist to evangelize the lost? Yep, amen. Well, don't we exist to, to edify the saints? Amen. All that, okay? But what I need you to know is that glorifying God, you know, the, the, the Westminster Catechism is great, but you can make up whatever you want. You can say glorifying God means I don't share my faith with anybody. Problem with that is so nebulous is that you don't actually know what glorifying God looks like, and then you have churches trying to figure it out, okay? 
And the reason why we exist is to make disciples. When I stand before Jesus, when our leaders here stand before Jesus, Jesus is going to ask us, did you or did you not make disciples? Okay? Now, the reason why, the reason why, now maybe one of the questions you might be having, especially if you're new to this whole thing, is what is a disciple? I'm going to answer that question in, in a few minutes. But before I get there, I want to talk to the people who are more in the church world and have, you know, who, who know more about the, this whole thing, okay? When, when you hear to make disciples, like I said, some of you might be saying, well, what about glorifying God? And what about edifying the saints? And what about, right? But here's what I need you to know. The reason why making disciples is the reason Tri-Village exists. The reason why that's our purpose and our, and our reason for existing. The first reason is because it's biblical, okay? It's biblical. It, Jesus, when he leaves, he says two things. Everyone says that the last thing Jesus says is in Matthew 28. When he, when he, but that, that last thing Jesus says is actually in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And in both cases, well, regardless of which one you're looking at, in both cases, Jesus says, go and make disciples. And then in Acts 1.8, he says, I want you to go be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the rest of the world. And so the last marching orders that Jesus Christ gives his church is to go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. That is what we are called to do. So the first reason why that's our purpose is because it's biblical. But the other reason why this is our purpose, and the reason why I just think Jesus is so brilliant, is because when we say make disciples, that concept of making disciples gives us a balance that no other purpose can give us. Okay? If you, what, I, what I created here was essentially it's a spectrum, if you can put the two, the two extremes up. Here's what happens, right? Before I answered the question, why does Tri-Village Church exist, you might have had your own answer to it. And I would venture to guess that your answer was in one of two camps or one of two categories. And a lot of times, your answer is determined by your demeanor, by your gifts, by your theological background, or your, you know, your own personal walk with Jesus, right? And what some people will say when you ask them, hey, why does the church exist? They will tell you to their blue in the face. The reason why the church exists is to evangelize the lost. And for those of you who don't know what evangelism means, it's, it's more of an outward focus. It means to share the good news of Jesus with as many people as possible, right? What some people will say is the reason why we exist is to evangelize the lost. That's why God put our church here on planet Earth. And I would say to that, amen. Okay? But then there's another group of you, because of your background and your theological training and your, you know, your own story and your own gift set, what you would say is, ah, you know, that's, that's cool and all. But what I would say is that the reason why we're here is to edify the saints. We are called to build up people who already know Christians, already know Jesus. We are here to encourage and to build up and to teach the people who are already on the inside. So some people have more of an outward focus, evangelize the lost, and some people have more of an inward focus, edify the saints. And depending on who you are, you kind of land on one side or the other. I've always been more on the evangelized part, but I know many very faithful Christians who end up being more on the edify part, okay? But the reason why making disciples has to be our goal, the reason why making disciples has to be our purpose is because Jesus in his wisdom, Jesus in his brilliance, the reason why he tells us to make disciples is because if we make disciples, we do both. A church that is seeking to make disciples evangelizes the lost on the one hand and edifies the saints on the other hand. Okay? But here's the thing about churches that just ticks me off. Because Christians are people and people have problems, what people do is people always have to make things black and white. It's either one thing or it's the other thing. 
It's an either-or situation. And so what you have is there are many churches that have built their entire ministry around evangelizing the lost. And so you show up on Sunday morning, and the music is banging, and the lights are flashing, and the, and the fog is out there, and uh, it's Disney for Jesus. <laughs> it's Disney for Jesus. And you're like, man, this is like a rock concert, man. This is amazing. Oh, my gosh. I'm blown away. This is incredible. Blah, 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 blah. And, and what, what, what it is is they're really good at evangelizing a lot, the law. So a lot of people, they're very outside focused. And so people are coming in, and they've never been to church before, and they're like, wow, this is great. But here's the problem with that. What you win people with is what you win people to. So if you win people with Disney for Jesus, don't be surprised when they're expecting Disney for Jesus. The problem is walking with Jesus is not Disney for Jesus. And so they go in and they're like, wait, this is not what I was told. I thought it was going to be all unicorns and rainbows and clouds. And now Jesus is telling me to carry my cross and this doesn't make any sense. So there's churches that have built their entire ministry around evangelizing the lost and evangelizing the lost and evangelizing the lost. And you know what happens with those churches? Yeah, they're growing, and man, there's a lot of people showing up. But what eventually happens is once those people go from being lost to being saved and they realize, I want to grow in my faith, it becomes this revolving door. They get saved, and then they leave because they got to go somewhere where the Bible's actually being preached. And they're actually being discipled, and they're actually being told what to do in order to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And so, yeah, they have a lot of numbers, but it's a totally different group of people every five years because no one's sticking around because they want to grow in their relationship with Jesus. That's the problem when all you do is evangelize the lost. But what I would argue is that the other extreme is even more dangerous. Here's why. I would argue that in the church in America... The, the biggest problem is not people, it's not churches that are evangelizing the lost. The majority of churches in America, what they struggle with is that they think it's all about edifying the saints. That's why the average church size in America is 75 people. 75 people is the average church size in America. Our church hit 350 not too long ago. And when we hit 350, we, only nine, only one out of 10 churches are bigger than 350 in America. Think about that. You know why? Because the majority of churches in America are focused on edifying the saints. All they care about is building up the people that are already there. Man, you need a Bible study in Revelation? We got that. You need to learn Greek? Man, we got Greek. You need a flannel graph? Man, look how many we have. Okay? And that's why what happens is what happened to these churches is they, they started at one point and they were a group of 30-year-olds. And then, and then 10 years later, they were a group of 40-year-olds. And then 50, and then 60, and then 70, and 80, and then 90. And the whole church dies and the building closes. Because it's all about edifying the saints. It's all about building up the people who are there. And so the first church is only focused on the outsiders. The second church is only focused on the insiders. And neither church is what Jesus wants us to be. Jesus wants us and needs us and commands us to make disciples. Because if you are a church that makes disciples, you can both evangelize the lost and edify the saints. Amen? That's what you need to know. That's why hopefully that's what you've seen here at Tri-Village. Look, look, at Tri-Village, for those of you who've been coming here for a few weeks or a few months or a couple years, you know that, that, that when we look at God's word, there is edifying going on. We are going deep. We are looking at the original language, the original context. We're really trying to explain that passage, right? And then we, we, we take it out and we apply it to the daily life, and then we point to Jesus and how he is the, the completion of everything that we ultimately need for us to, to, to do, right? That's what it, what it looks like. So at Tri-Village, there's edifying the saints, but, but there doesn't go a Sunday where I'm not telling someone you need to come to know Jesus. Because I, I remember going to church for a long time, and, and the people that, that were leading me never invited anyone to Jesus. 
And so I, I, I always think about it. I came to know the Lord through someone preaching and asking me, do I want to believe in Jesus? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know what I've noticed? That, that a lot more people are willing to come to Jesus if you ask them. Shocker, right? It's crazy how that works. And so at Tri-Village, there's edifying. Hopefully the people who know Jesus here are growing in their faith with Jesus and they're being edified. But at Tri-Village every week, there's also evangelizing. You're hearing the gospel. You're hearing the good news of Jesus in a different way depending on the passage that, that we're looking at. We're saying, hey, the work is finished and you can place your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I believe that a church can do both. And I believe that a church should do both. We are called to make disciples. You know why this is so important? You know why making disciples has to be our goal? Because here's what's happened in the church in America, okay? In the church in America, the way churches determine their success is with three Bs, okay? I'm not talking about triple B like Lonzo Ball. I'm talking about another, another B, okay? There's three Bs that the church in America uses in order to determine whether or not they are a successful church. The first thing is how many buildings do they own? The second thing is how many budgets do they have? And the third thing is how many butts do they have in the seats? Buildings, budgets, and booties. That's how the church in America determines whether or not they're successful. Okay? The problem is you can have all the buildings you want. You can have all the budgets you want. You can have all the butts in the seat you want. And you can stand before Jesus and not do what he asked you to do. Because a crowd, and you can tell by the Sermon on the Mount that we looked at a couple months ago, a crowd is different from a disciple. We are called to make disciples. I want God and I want you as my church to evaluate me based on who are we making disciples. In, 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 in three years and in five years and 10 years and 20 years, I want the people in this room to be more like Jesus, to be fully matured disciples in Jesus. So then the next question we have to answer this morning is if that's what, what we, why we exist, we exist to make disciples, then the next question we have to answer this morning is what is a disciple? Like what is actually a disciple, right? Because we can't just throw that out there and say, hey, figure it out. The, the, the question has to be what is actually a disciple? And what we believe in light of Scripture is that a disciple is an individual who loves God, grows together, and reaches the world. A disciple is marked by three characteristics. They are marked by three habits, if you will. It's an individual who loves God personally, who grows together in community, and then reaches the world missionally. Loves God, grows together, reaches the world. And so what I want to do for the rest of our time is I want to look at each one of these marks or, 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 or characteristics or habits, if you will, of a disciple. Now, one of the things that you might think that, that this means, because it looks linear, it almost seems like, okay, I love God once, then I grow together once, and I reach the world once. But this isn't so much a, a linear thing. It's more of a circular thing. It's a habit. It's, it, you keep doing it again and again and again and again. You're never done doing this. So, so if you've been doing it in 2018, the way you grow in 2019 is by doing it all over again, again, and again, and again, and again, okay? So let's look at the first one. The first thing we are called if, to be, if we are, if, the first mark or characteristic we should be cultivating is we should be cultivating a love for God personally. And look what Jesus says in John 8, 31 and 32. He says, to the Jews who believed, 
Okay? So that's the precursor, right, to loving God. You have to have a saving faith in Jesus. You have to, see, some of you, you acknowledge Jesus. Like, you don't have a problem with Jesus. Jesus is great, right? Every time I stub my toe, I say his name, right? <laughs> but there's a difference between acknowledging Jesus and believing in Jesus and trusting in Jesus and giving your life to Jesus. See, a lot of people like Jesus as Savior because they don't want to go to hell, but they don't want Jesus as Lord because they want to still be rulers on earth. He, he says it to the people who believed in him. If you hold on to, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, there's that word, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But that word hold, I, I, I'm, I'm going to come back to it in a little bit. It's, it's, a, it's a very important word. Another passage in the Bible that tells us about loving God is, uh, if you can put the next passage up, comes from Luke. Luke 9.23. It says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my what? Disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me, okay? So here's what I need you to know, okay? There's a few things I want you to know as we look at this idea of, of, of loving God, this first characteristic, okay? The first thing I need you to see is that you loving God is a personal thing. It's personal. It's your relationship with Jesus. Listen, I don't care if your daddy was a pastor. I don't care if your great-granddad was a pastor. I don't care if your cousin's Billy Graham. I don't care who you're related to. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, it doesn't matter. It is personal relationship. Because he says, my disciples, then he talks about denying themselves. It's all about you and Jesus in a personal relationship and walk with him. That's what the passage is saying. It's a personal relationship. And you're like, well, I was born in the church. Well, listen, uh, you could be born in a plane. It doesn't make you a pilot. Okay? It doesn't matter where you were born. I don't care if you were born at the church or behind the pulpit or behind the pew or in the baptistry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because you have to make the decision for yourself. So you can't be here like, well, my neighbor believes in Jesus, so I'm good. Or my coworker believes in Jesus, so, so I'm good. Or my spouse or my children or my parents, you know, whoever it is, they believe in Jesus, so I'm going to just get in just through osmosis. That's not how it works. Jesus is saying it's your relationship with him. It's personal. It's personal. That's why he talks about my, that's why he talks about themselves. He is personalizing it. It's your relationship with Jesus. But listen, not only is it personal, but it's also persistent. And what I mean by persistent, if you go back to the previous verse, that word there where he talks about how we must hold, he says, if you hold to my teaching. In the NIV, the translation isn't great. But what it actually means in the, in, in the original language, it means to abide. It means to remain. It means to stay, to persevere. In other words, Jesus says, I, I, a disciple isn't someone who just listens to my word once. You need to continually remain and stay with what I say. Remain and stay and abide and rest and repeat and repeat and repeat. Listen, because here's what happens. Everybody loves Jesus when times are bad. Right? Things are tough. Man, I'm going to go to church, man, because I need to get this figured out. God's got to get me out of this one. And then what happens? God gets you out of whatever you got to take care of and then forget about Jesus again. You're not remaining. You're not holding. You're not staying. You're not resting. You're not abiding. And it needs to be persistent. You need to persistently pursue a relationship with Jesus. Jesus says you will know a tree by its fruit. What you consistently produce season through season, season through season. And then you see that even in the next verse that we looked at. When you look at Luke chapter 9, in Luke chapter 9, you see Jesus saying you need to take up your cross daily. Not yearly, 
Not every decade. Not when times get hard. Daily, Jesus says. Daily. A continual, persistent, personal relationship with him. So you need to be walking with Jesus. You need to have that relationship with him. You do. With him. Personal and persistent is what Jesus is saying. Love God is the first mark of a disciple. Then the second thing that he says that we must be doing, if we are to, to, to walk with Jesus, right, if we are to grow in our discipleship, not only was, must we love God, but we must also grow together. Look what he says in John 13, 34, and 35. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. It says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another another. Okay? Then in John chapter 17, Jesus is praying for his church, and a lot of people think that the Lord's prayer is when Jesus tells us how to pray, but this is actually the Lord's prayer, because this is Jesus actually praying for us. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. He says, it's not for them alone. He says, I pray also for those who will receive, who will believe in me through their message. So he's talking about us right now, right? The people who don't know, who didn't know him when he prayed this, he's praying for the future people. He says, he prays, I pray that all of them, what? May be one. And then he's not just talking about any type of unity. He says, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Okay? So what I need you to see here is that the second mark, once you have a personal relationship with Jesus, a personal, persistent relationship with Jesus, the second mark, the second characteristic, the second habit of a disciple of Jesus is you are to grow together in community with other people. Okay? And, and what I need you to know is that this isn't my idea, right? This isn't just a pastor trying to force you into church programs. This is his Jesus' idea. And so you're sitting here and you're like, well, you don't get it, Pastor Will. I'm an introvert, and I don't really like being in community. Listen, Jesus doesn't care about your Myers-Briggs. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what your demeanor is. He doesn't care what your temperament is. Jesus says that if you are walking with him, you can't walk with him as an individual. You must walk with him in community. You must be in community with other people. And you're like, well, that's great because I come to church every week. Listen, this is not community. You sitting next to people for an hour and a half and listening to a, a brown dude preach is not community. Okay? That's not community. We were, we're congregating, but that's not community. So if all you're doing is church on Sunday, you are not in community. Let me say that again. If all you're doing is church on Sunday, you are not in community. You are not growing in the second part of discipleship. You're not taking that step. You're not. You can say you are, but you're not. Because you have to be in community and life groups and, and doing life with people, with people. And it's not my idea. It's his idea. And he doesn't care what your temperament is. He doesn't care. Okay? But not only, not only is it his idea, but then what you also see is that it's our identity because both in the previous passage and in this passage, Jesus brings up that the way people will know we are his disciples is not about, it's not by how many verses we have memorized, it's not by how much we give to church, it's not by uh, uh, how many signs we have out in our yard, it's not by what political candidate we vote for. Jesus says that the way you will know, people will know you're my disciples is by how you love one another. And so if you are not in community, don't be surprised that the people around you don't know you're a Christian. 
Because Jesus says that is no way people will know. That's how they will know, Jesus said. Okay? So we have to be in community, and Sunday is not community. Okay? That's what Jesus is telling us. Then he, after telling us to love God, then telling us to grow together, then the third mark, the third characteristic, the third habit of a maturing follower of Jesus is they grow together. Oh, sorry, they reach the world. They reach the world. Look what he says in verse 14. He says, he says you, are the, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. I don't know if you've ever tried to hide a town before. That's a big blanket. It's on a hill for a reason, and it can't be hidden because it's not supposed to be hidden. It's meant to be seen, okay? Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Then he says in the, pre- in the next section, uh, then he says in the next section, okay, great. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That your, your, your works aren't just for you and Jesus, but it's for the people around you that don't know Jesus so that by seeing your works, they might not glorify you on earth, but that they may glorify your Father who's in heaven. Okay? Then in the, pre, in the next section, Matthew 28, which is the, the, the well-known great commission that Jesus gives, which I mentioned earlier, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and what? Make disciples. So Jesus is calling us to be disciples who make disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then he concludes by saying, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Listen, what I need you to see about this third characteristic, about this third mark, this third habit, is that it's not the great suggestion. Okay? Okay? It's not the great recommendation. It's not the great, hey, if you're, if you're not busy, you should probably do this. It's the great commission. He is commanding us to go and make disciples. He is commanding us to be light and salt. It is a command. Okay? That's what Jesus is saying. And what I also need you to see is that the longer you walk with Jesus, follow with me here because this is an important point, okay? The longer you walk with Jesus, if you look at the marks, right, love God, grow together, reach the world, the longer you walk with Jesus, the less your faith becomes about you. It goes from loving God personally to growing together in community to then reaching the world missionally. So, so it starts with Jesus, and you're like, man, Jesus is just you and me. And then after a few months or a few years, you're like, oh, wait, it can't be just you and me. I have to be in community with other people. And then once you start doing community with other Christians, you're like, wait, it can't just be about us because that's not what you're ultimately calling us to do. You are also calling me to reach the world. So the longer you walk with Jesus, the less your faith should be about you. And you know what most concerns me? And, and, I could, and I'm, I'm, I'm letting my secrets out here for, for a second. I can tell where someone is spiritually and how mature they are in their faith if the only thing they ever talk to me about them is themselves. Man, I'm, I'm struggling with my prayer, and man, I'm struggling with this, and I need prayer for that, and man, I, this, this, all this is falling apart, and it's all about me, my family, my issues, my problems. You, you might know Jesus, but I know that you aren't as mature as you think you are. 
Because if you're not coming to me asking me, man, man, my small group, man, they held me accountable and they called me out and they said this to me, man, and praise God I'm in community because I couldn't do this by myself. Or, or hey, pray for my neighbor or pray for my, my cousin or pray for whatever. If, if, if I'm not hearing that, that's fine. But what it means is you might think, you're, you, might, you're, you might be a Christian, but you're not a mature Christian. Don't call yourself something that you're not. If all you're doing is, is Sunday morning, hey, you could even be reading and praying, praise God. But if all you're doing is Sunday and praying, it's you and Jesus and it's us against the world and you're not in a life group and you're not in community and you're not telling anyone about Jesus and you're not praying for anyone that doesn't know Jesus, that's fine. You're just not a mature Christian. And just stop calling yourself something that you're not. That's it. That's fine. Just be honest. Because Jesus says that a maturing disciple is, is, is growing, and, be, and, and the more they grow and the more they walk with Jesus, the less it becomes about them. And so if it's still about you, there's room to grow in 2019. And you know what I'll tell you about 2019? I have a, past, I have a friend of mine who's a pastor in uh, Florida. He's one of my, my best friends, and he put on Facebook a couple days ago. I thought it was so good. He said, listen, don't expect 2019 to be different if you're not doing anything different. Here's, here's what a lot of us are doing. You ready? You're like, man, this year I really want to grow in my faith. This year I really want to see Jesus show up. This year I really want to see God move. I'm not going to do anything different. I'm not going to join a life group. I'm not going to tell anybody about Jesus. I'm going to keep my faith to myself. And, man, my Bible study, I, keep, I read the Bible every day, though, and it's going to be awesome. Listen, if you don't do anything different, don't expect 2019 to be different. Okay? That's what I need you to know. And so there you have it. Let me, let me put a, a summary. Let me, let me give you a, a summary, right, of what we discussed. Why does TVC exist? To what? All right, that was terrible. Let's do it again. Ready? <laughs> TVC exists to what? Make disciples. To make disciples. And what is a disciple? Someone who? I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you, why does Tri-Village Church exist? What is God going to hold us accountable for in 10, 15, 20, 50 years? Did we or did we not make disciples? Not our buildings, not our budgets, not our butts. He's going to ask us, did we or did we not make disciples? Okay? And a disciple is someone who loves God personally, grows together in community, and reaches the world missionally. That is what a disciple is. And that's why Tri-Village Church exists. Amen? Amen. Now, what I want to do as we conclude is I want to give you, uh, for each one of these things, I want to give you three action steps, three very specific, concrete steps that you can take in order to move on and progress in your journey with Jesus. The first thing is to love God, right? So maybe you're sitting here today, and this is the first time you're hearing any of this. And you're like, no one's ever told me any of this. I didn't know. I didn't know that Jesus wanted to be in relationship with me. I didn't know that I can bring him into my life. I didn't know that I can have him as my Lord and my Savior. And what I want you to know is that if that's you, then today can be the day that you're like, I'm, I'm done living for myself. I've tried doing it. I've tried doing things by myself. I've tried doing work by myself. I've tried doing marriage by myself. I've tried doing life by myself. And it doesn't work. It falls apart. And this could be the day where you're like, I want to love God personally. Not my neighbor, not my coworker, not my friend, uh, not my parents, but I want to have a personal relationship with Jesus today. If that's you, then your step today is to take that step. In Romans 10, it says that whoever uh, confesses with their lips and believes in their heart shall be saved. 
That can be you right now, today, before you leave, okay? And then once you do that, then the next thing is to then you start to pray. You start to talk to Jesus. Listen, you get to know Jesus the way you get to know anyone else in your life. When I started dating my wife, the way I got to know her was what I would call her, and then we would talk. I would talk, and she would talk, just like a normal relationship, right? When you pray, you're talking to Jesus, and when you read his word, he's talking to you. That's how you get to know him. The same way you get to know any other human being, Okay? So maybe you're sitting here like, I don't even have a Bible. Well, there's a white rack there in back there, and you can take a Bible. It's a free Bible from us to you. If you want, I could even, I could even sign it and put from Pastor Will to whoever you are. I'll do it. Take that. Okay? Another thing that we have, and I, I, we, so many people from the first service took me up on it that we don't have any, any left, but we have these the, the devotionals that I wrote on the Gospel of Mark a few years ago. And, and what it is, a devotional is just a study of a book of the Bible. And what you do is you read day by day just through the book of Mark. And there's 60 days and there's questions and it's really, really easy. Well, we're going to have copies of those next week because, like I said, we didn't anticipate they're all being gone in the first service, but we're going to have more next week. You could grab one of those next week and start reading that. But start reading God's Word, Okay. And then the, 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 the next step, let's say that you've already taken that first step. You have a relationship with Jesus. You, you are in God's word. You're praying. You're cultivating that, that individual relationship. Then the next step is for you is to grow together. You need to join a life group. Okay? What's a life group? Well, Carol brought it up and we saw a video on it. Here's what a life group is. This is all it is. It's a group of people that, live, that, that meet in this area. So we have several life groups, right? You can pick one, right? But what our life groups do is they meet throughout different nights of the week here in this region. So if you live anywhere within 25 to 30 minutes from here, you can find a group that's by you, right? And what we do is we meet and we discuss what happens on Sunday morning. See, here's what happens. A lot of times I'll finish preaching and people will have questions based on what I preached on. But you feel awkward asking about it because you're like, I don't want to waste this time, though. I got to keep moving, right? But what's cool about a life group is that we always discuss whatever was preached on the week prior. So, so let's say your, your life group meets on Wednesday or Thursday. We're always going to discuss the sermon that was just preached. So you can bring all your questions and you can have them answered. And then you're going deeper into the passage that was already looked at. So you go together, you go to someone's house, you, you get food, free food, you sit down, you have fellowship, and you study God's word based on what we looked at. That's it. That's all a life group is. And so if you're sitting here and you, you've been coming to Chai Village for a few weeks or a few months or since we've started, and you're like, man, I really want to know what the next step is, that's your next step. Join a life group. Just join one. Whatever night you need. And, and, and we're starting two brand new life groups in the next two weeks. I'm going to be leading one, and Chad, Pastor Chad's going to be leading one. So if you want to start brand new with new people... We are, the two pastors are leading the two groups that are started. And so who better to talk to about the sermons than the, the dudes who wrote them? Right? And then you're, you're, you're doing life and, and you're going deeper. I promise you. You know, there's so many times where I, I will go uh, uh, 10 weeks in a row reading my Bible and praying by myself. And I would say that maybe half that time I get nothing from it. I feel dry. I feel like, man, that was a waste sometimes. But you know what I've never done? I've never left a life group and said, man, that was a waste of my time. Never. Every time I'm with God's people. Doing life with them. Not here, because this is just Sunday, but actually in a house doing life with 12 to 15 people. I always leave and I'm like, dang, man, I learned so much today. And I'm the dude who preached the message. So I'm challenging you. Sunday is not community. And if you want to grow in your faith and if you want to take that next step, you have to join a life group. And then the last one is this, which is this last line has to do with, with uh, 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 love, or the reach the world. Reach the world. Listen, next week, I, I, we've talked about this. Next week, we are starting this series, Explore God. 
And for seven weeks, we're going to be addressing questions that people have about suffering and can we know God personally and, and is, is the Bible true or reliable? We're going to be addressing those questions. This is your opportunity for you to come. Maybe you have those questions and you want to have them answered. You should come. But, but if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I know a neighbor that has that question or I know a coworker or I know a friend or a family member, invite those people. And this is your opportunity. It's just, you've been investing in them. Now it's time to invite them to take that next step, to take that next step. And the last thing I'll say under that is you can share, right, going outward, going outward to reach the world. But actually, one of the ways you reach the world is by serving at church. You know why? Because a lot of times the world comes to us on Sunday morning. And so when you serve here, you're actually reaching the world as well. And so what I want to do for this last one, and this will be how I conclude our message, I'm going to have my leaders come up. Uh, uh, these leaders that are going to become up are all the different people that lead the significant ministries that we run here at Tri-Village. So you guys can come on up. All the leaders. Can we give the leaders a round of applause, people? So these leaders that are walking up right now, these are, uh, many of them have been here since day one. And, and what we do is we meet on a monthly basis on Tuesday nights, and we, we come together, and these are the people who hold me accountable. These are the people who, who are praying for me. These are the people who are checking in on me. Uh, these are the people who help, you know, dream with me on what's coming up next, and there's a lot of cool things coming up in 2019 for Tri-Village. And these, these are the people. And, you know, I, I don't think you've ever thought this, but if you've ever thought, oh, man, Will's doing this whole thing by himself, I am not. Okay, I know you never thought it. You're like, this fool's definitely getting help. You know what I mean? But, but in case you did... I'm not, okay? These are the people who have been here since day one. And each one of these people represent other people who have been here since day one and doing an amazing work. So here's what I want to do as I conclude. I want to go through this line, and I want to introduce you to these people. I should have done this a year. I should have done this since day one. But I want to introduce you to these people so that you can have a face with the ministry. After I introduce them, I'm going to tell you what ministry they do and how many volunteers they need for that ministry so that you know exactly how you can serve, and in what capacity you can serve. Okay, so the first person is uh, Tom Wisniewski. Now, Tom came uh, to us through, through Wheaton Bible Church when we launched our church, and Tom, is, he leads our setup and teardown crew, and he works along with uh, Jim Lenane, who's also one of our elders. Jim is there at the end. And so he's also one of our elders, and what they do is they lead our setup and teardown crew. Now, here's what I, well, the reason why I say set up and tear down is because you could either be in the morning shift if you're more of a morning person, or you can be in the afternoon shift if you're more of an afternoon person like me, right? You could be in either or. And so if you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I, I feel like I could help out. Like, I, I would love to set up and tear down, right? Because here's the thing about this church. Since this isn't our building, every Sunday we got to set up, right? Because this isn't our building. So we got to set up. This doesn't just happen magically. It's because of Tom and Jim's team that we get to do what we do. And so maybe what you could do is consider participating and being a part of our setup and teardown team. And Tom told me in the previous service that they need three people in the, in the setup and three people in the teardown, right? Correct. Three and three. And so I want you to know the numbers for each one so that you can say, okay, I can be one of those three and I could serve once a month or whatever it is, right? 
So that's the first team, okay? Then the next team we have here, Doug, Doug Wall. And Doug Wall is one of my good friends. And Doug here, what he does is he leads our ushers. And he also leads our welcome desk. And so if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I, I kind of want to do a role that is like a mixture of, of many things. That's what an usher is, right? You're welcoming on the one hand. You're doing communion uh, and passing things out. You're passing out the offering plate. You're helping with attendance numbers and all that. So our ushers play major roles. And so if you are considering that, Maybe that's what you can sign up for. But Doug also leads our welcome desk. Who they, Our welcome desk is over by the, the koi pond. Yes, we have a koi pond. And um, you, you can hear all the water rushing. It feels like we're in Nordstrom sometimes. But, but you can go out there, and you stand at the welcome desk, and new people come, and they say hello to you, and you give them gifts, and it's a really cool thing. You're essentially the information desk, and people can come and get information about our church. So, Doug, how many numbers did you say you needed for ushers and for the desk? Six ushers. Okay, so six ushers, two welcome desks. If you're interested in either of those, make sure you speak to Doug after service. And then we have Jennifer Westering. Now, Jen is our children's director, and Jen has been here since day one. And uh, uh, when we brought her on the team, she didn't know what she was signing up for. She had no idea what it would be like to be my employee, but she knows now, okay? But she signed a blood contract, so she can't get out. Um, (laughs) But here's the thing about Jen. Jen has done an incredible job, and I am convinced that There is no way that Tri-Village would have grown to the degree that it's grown if it wasn't for the work that Jen and her team have done. Now, Jen represents many volunteers who give so much time to be here week in, week out. And children's, like a lot of other ministries, or actually not like a lot of ministries, if you serve in children's, there's going to be at least one service that you miss, right? You can attend the other, but these are people who have sacrificed a lot. And so if you're sitting here and you're like, you know, I would love to work with children's, whether it's nursery or, or elementary or, you know, maybe even a little older than that, go ahead and let Jen know, okay? Jen, how many volunteers did you say you need? 14. 14 total volunteers, okay? That just tells you how many kids are here. And it also tells you that you're, it's a very important role. And so this one is different from others because it would require some sort of background check, obviously. But we would love for you to prayerfully consider working with our children's ministry. Then we have uh, Jill Miller, and Jill um, has been here since day one. She also came from Wheaton Bible Church, and Jill has been leading our, our, greeter, our greeting team. And so I don't know if you've ever have felt welcomed here at Tri-Village. Like, I don't know if you've ever felt here and be like, man, this church is very welcoming and very loving, and I feel like everyone just notices me. If you felt that in any way, that's because of Jill Miller, right? Jill Miller is awesome, and her team is awesome too. She represents a group of incredible volunteers, And what we would love for you to do, maybe you're more of a greeting person. You love connecting with people and saying hello. And you, maybe God has really impacted you here at Tri-Village, and you're like, I want other people to experience what I've experienced. This is your opportunity. So, Jill, how many volunteers would you say you need? Four to six six volunteers. And and that varies from service to service. So maybe you want to serve in the later service. She can help you figure that out. Okay? Then we have Hermie Vega, who is my mother-in-law. So I have to be nice to my mother-in-law. I can't. I got to be careful here, guys, all right? Pray for me while I say it. So, so my mother-in-law is the one who leads our hospitality team. So if you've ever been here and you're like, man, this coffee is, is, is incredible, you know what I mean? Or have you like the, these muffins or these bagels or whatever, or the lobster, because she always has a different uh, four-course meal here on Sunday morning. If you've ever been blessed by the food at Tri-Village, the person who leads that is my mother-in-law. And she has, again, an awesome team of volunteers who help her do that. And you could actually help in two ways in this one. You can serve in this ministry, or you can just say, hey, I, I don't know if I can serve, but I can provide snacks by, you know, maybe buying snacks at once a month or whatever you want to commit to. You can let her know that, okay? And she needs about two to three volunteers, right? Second service, Second service 
two to three volunteers. So maybe for you, you're like, hey, I'll come to the first service. I'll serve during the second. And the cool thing is a lot of times hospitality is in between. So you can still be in the service because it all happens in between and after, okay? Then we have Mecca Shannon, and Mecca Shannon is our tech director. She is the one who puts this whole thing together. She runs the show. She has the, the, the order of service and all the things and how they flow. She tells me when to stand up and when to talk and when to shut up. Like, she, she does all those things. She has a lot of power. And so <laughs> she runs our tech team, and so that's video and that's slides, and that's a lot of things that, that she runs here. And so if you're sitting here and you're like, you know what, I really, I'm not maybe a singer, right, but I'm, I, I like being creative and I like being a part of what's happening here on Sunday morning. The cool thing about the tech team is that it's one of those roles that you get to sit through the whole service, right, but you're helping by running the show. And tech, here's the thing about tech. They're, they're one of those people who are least noticed until they make a mistake, right? And what's so cool about our team is that they don't make a lot of mistakes. So you don't ever really think about our tech team because they've done such an amazing job over the past two years. How many volunteers would you say you need, Mecca? So eight volunteers, okay? So as you prayerfully consider which one to serve in, make sure you consider tech. Then we have Robbie who's all, Robbie, move up, man. Move up, brother. And so Robbie is our worship leader, and God has given him an incredible gift of leading worship. Now, what Robbie's doing is he's recruiting people for, to, for the worship team. Now, this one's a little bit different, right, because you might not be able to sing, and God bless you if you can't. You know what I mean? I, I know. <laughs> I know I can't, right? So here's, here's one of those ones that we're not going to just take your word for it. Like if you say, I want to I serve in the worship team, there'll be an audition process because that's how we do things here. And if you're good, then we would love to have you on our team, right? Because I know that I wouldn't get through it. I would be shut down at the, be like, no, bro, turn the mic off, turn the mic off, right? So maybe it's worship or maybe it's an instrument you play. We would love for you to reach out to Robbie, Okay. Then we have Chad Lowe, Pastor Chad. And didn't Chad just kill it last week when he was preaching? Wasn't that awesome? That was so good, so good. So Pastor Chad, he leads two ministries here. He leads our youth ministry, and he also leads our small group ministry. And so if you're sitting here and you're considering joining a small group, which is one of the things I call this to, then Pastor Chad is who you want to talk to. Also, not only that, but if you're thinking about serving in youth ministry, our youth ministry takes place on Wednesday nights, you can go ahead and serve in that capacity too. And how many volunteers, Chad, did you say you'd need? Yeah, student ministries four would be great, two, uh, two men, two women. And if you want to lead in a life group, you're a part of a life group, come talk to me. If you're not, just go to a life group. We want to get you connected. Amen. Amen. And then we also have Melissa Duncan, and Melissa Duncan is a, a rock star, and what she's been doing since pretty much the beginning, she's been in different roles, but essentially what she's been doing since September is she's been leading our outreach ministry, our local outreach ministry. See, a lot of the things that we just gave you up here are all things that are more here in, in church on Sunday or, you know, throughout the week, but, but with her, her role, whatever she does is more outward focused, and so we have a, an after-school program called Crossroads. We have a, nurse, a nursing home ministry. We have a lot of different things we do throughout the week. Um, and so if you, you're interested in that, Melissa would be the one to talk to. Melissa, what would you say are your numbers as, as far as what you would need? Uh, eight to ten. Eight to ten. So if that's you, here's the cool thing about outreach. Even if you do any of these other roles, you can still do outreach because a lot of these things don't happen every week. Some happen every week. Some happen every month. So you can actually do both. And then last but not least, we have Jim Lenane, who I also mentioned is one of our elders here. At our, at our church and at the Wheaton Bible Church campus. And Jim not only works with Tom with Setup and Teardown, but he's also, uh, with his wife, he leads our Alpha class. And so our Alpha class takes place on a quarterly basis. And what Alpha is, is for people who are interested in learning more about Jesus. And so if you have questions about the faith, then that's who you want to talk to. And what I, I know that with this uh, semester in particular, we're combining Alpha with Explore God. It's going to be a lot of 
people. So as people come, they're going to have questions, and, you know, more questions, and Alpha and Explore God groups will be that place to ask those questions and have them answered. And so if you have any questions about that, make sure you let Jim know. So anyways, I want you to know who leads this church, and I want you to know that this is not something that's being done alone. And we would love, we would really, really love for you to consider being a part of what God is doing here at Tri-Village. So here's what I want you to do. Um, at your, at your uh, uh, seats, there's these white pieces of paper. And what you'll see is that there's a list of ministries. I want you to check a little circle by the ministries that you're interested in, fill out your information, and there's going to be a serve table outside. You can either hand it to one of these individuals behind me because now you know their faces, or you can go to the serve table and hand it to them. And what, all we'll do is we'll email you or we'll call you this week and ask you, hey, how would you want to serve? What capacity? How often? That's all it takes, all right? So that's all I have for you today. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to close us out, and let's just go before the Lord now. Father God, we, we come before you, and we are so grateful, Lord, so grateful for who you are and for what you've done. And God, we ask you in Jesus' name and in the power of the Holy Spirit that 2019 would be different. But the only way 2019 can be different is if we do something different. And so I pray that anyone here who assumed 2019 was going to be different without doing anything different, I pray that today would be the day that they say, no, I want to do something different, whether that's loving God, growing together, reaching the world. Lord, I pray for the people right now who have yet to place their faith in Jesus. I pray that today would be the day that they place their faith in Jesus and that we have prayer partners up here who would love to pray with them and lead them to Jesus and say, hey, let's pray together and take that step of loving God and reading the Bible and praying together or maybe even being baptized, depending on where they are. But then also, I pray for the people who are already, already know Jesus, but have been coming to Tri-Village for a few weeks or a few months or a couple years and have yet to join a life group for whatever reason. I pray that today would be the day they're like, you know what, if 2019 is going to be different, I got to do something different. And that 2019 would be when they sign up in a life group and maybe be in my group or Chad's group and we get to grow together with them in 2019. And then lastly, Lord, I pray for Explore God next week. I pray that people would be investing and inviting and that people would be praying for the people they hope to invite and that many, 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 many people would show up and that even more people would come to know Jesus. And that's what we're praying for. And then last but not least, I pray for our leaders. I thank you for each and every one of them and for the role that they've played. And I pray that the people here who are part of our church, who've kind of been on the outside looking in or sitting on the sideline, I pray that today would be the day that they sign up for a group and use their gifts to glorify you. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you in advance for what you're going to do in 2019. And we pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. 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 Love you guys. You're dismissed.